Huge news breaks over the weekend. David Stone, yes, official visit coming up this weekend. Who else is visiting? We talk with the one, the only lockdown recruiting expert, Brian Smith. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, locked on Spartans listeners. Happy belated Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Monday. Happy June. I mean, just happy days are in East Lansing. We got some big news ahead, but before we get to that, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Now, hey, this is going to be a familiar voice and a familiar face. Do I have this man chained to a desk at my beck and call whenever I need some Michigan State recruiting insight? I'm not going to answer that question, but I will ask how Brian Smith is doing. How you doing, Brian? We we doing okay ever since we talked to you all three days ago. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. Um, everything seems to be pretty normal. Uh, really curious to see what happens with Michigan State in the next ten days. Lots to talk. Uh, about. Yeah, quiet weekend on the official visit front. They had one kid, three star tight end Decker DeGraff, and I'm sorry to the DeGraff family. Not really going to talk about that. What moved the needle this weekend, though, was David Stone on Father's Day tweeting out that, hey, 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 I'm locking in my last official visit of the month to Michigan State. We all know this kid. He's done unofficial visits. He's in the top 10 of every single recruiting service. How big is, is this massive for Michigan State? Or as a well-seasoned recruiting guy, are you like, ah, it doesn't really matter until the dotted line is signed on letter of intent day? I mean, how big is this for MSU? It is a very important factor. There's an old saying, you can't win the race if you don't get in the race. You don't get an official like visit, you are not in the race. So, David, I don't know how many times he's been there, three times or something like that? I, I think so, yeah. He's he's always talked to me about Michigan State being one of his favorite staffs. It's his last visit of the month. I would imagine, based on my conversations with him up until this point, that they're going to be in it. But this is their chance to solidify because he's visited Miami, he's visited Oklahoma, he's visited Florida, three of the other teams that are really in the race. If Michigan State wants to go into the fall with a chance, you want to bring him back for an unofficial, you know, whatever weekend, maybe the Nebraska game or whatever. If you can do that, then you know you're really in it. But you had no chance without this official visit. So, yes, it's huge news. The other thing I want to learn, and we won't be able to find this out until next week at the earliest, what gave him the thought that this could be the place for me? Was there anything game-changing about the people, about the atmosphere? It's different when you come to a campus for an official because they can spend the money, your hotel, and all yeah. that stuff. It's not the same as an unofficial visit. So I think this is a very important one and one that may kind of unlock the key to finding out if they really have a shot. I mean, I just think it's fascinating that in the offseason, Brandon Jordan left for the NFL. Like, he unlocked the door for so many recruits to come to Michigan State just to visit. Marco Coleman, he also left as well. And I kind of thought that was it for Stone, Zadavian Sims, like all these great defensive line recruits. But no, like, he's still going to be visiting on an official. So that that's, like, right. my big way from it. And I just want to, like, put a bow on this for now. Obviously, we're going to be talking about David Stone every month, every week probably until signing day. But I got a really dumb question for you, Brian. You ready for this one? Fire away. 
why is David Stone a five star? Like, what 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 makes him this top ten player in the country? I mean, is it just as simple as he's good at everything, or like, what what do you see in him when you watch him in person? I've seen him probably like four times, something like okay. that. I live pretty close to IMG, so it's convenient. I'll put it to you like this: at the IMG Pro Day, when they do those Under Armour camps, they have one specifically for IMG. Okay, and I was standing down at the end of the ramp or the field when they did the forty, and I'm just each kid, I'm just filming. And I'm like, oh, that's David Stone. And I just watched running backs, okay? And I watched him run, and I go, that really is David Stone. And it's like he was running like a running back, but he's 280-something. He's different because his flexibility and his explosiveness off the snap. And he takes it serious. Like, he gets pissed if he doesn't get a time that he wants or whatever. Like, he, he went twice, and he went all out each time. He's a competitive kid. And then again, when you're that size and you move like that, they're going to find a place for you. Okay, yeah, right. a, they're going to find a place for you. He likes playing interior D line, and he's taken to the coaching and knows his craft, different moves, one arm stabs, you know, two hand swipe, whatever it is. But you could throw him on the edge, and he he told me a month and a half or so ago at an event he was like 290. He kind of fluctuates in there, and I'm like, dude, you don't look bad at all. Like he's chiseled. Yeah. He has a natural frame that you cannot teach. When you can move a guy around, he has that technique, that motor, and that first step. There just aren't guys that size that fit that profile. To me, it's not even close. He is the best interior pass rusher in the country, and he's also a kid that he ain't going to sit the bench. It doesn't matter if he goes to Florida, Oklahoma, Michigan. It it doesn't matter. He's going to be in the rotation immediately wherever he goes at a critical spot, too, because when you get interior pass rushers, changes game. That took the next question right out of my mouth, which may have been an even dumber question than the one before. But, like, he, he's a day one starter, right, even as a true freshman, even if he does go to, like, just like you said, a, a Florida or a Georgia or Alabama. Like, he's a day one starter anywhere he goes, you think? Uh, I wouldn't say Alabama or Georgia just because okay. they got a pecking order there. That's, that's a little sure. different. <laughs> sure. That's three tech in a 4-3. Let me be very clear. Those two schools run 3-4 defenses. Oh, that's yes, two right. gapping. And that's why he's not going to go to one of those two. He sure. Playing that scheme. But – in a one gap, get up the field. I'm going to kill the ball, see the ball, kill the ball. That's pretty much what they're going to Then, yeah, uh, Florida runs that, you know, Miami runs. Anytime that you run a one-gap scheme, he can fit it. Man, it's, there aren't many guards they're going to stay in front of. He would have a chance to start at any of those schools by the end of his freshman year. Sure. Hey, there we go. Okay. Well, that covers the David Stone base for now. Again, I we're only at like chapter seven out of 40 of asking you about David Stone. I mean, every time you're on, we ask about him. It is what we do on Locked on Spartans. But there are some other big names coming up this weekend. This will all be finalized as we go throughout the week. We'll do another quick recap uh, later on in the week. But we also got DeAndre Carter, top 100 interior offensive lineman. Jason Brown, top 100 running back. Nick Marsh, fringe top 100 wide receiver and then three stars justin denson cornerback mercer lunuski offensive tackle jason cross who's a safety and then charlton lunuski as well any of those names just rattle off like kind of diamond in the rough kids or what, what do you oh, I, okay not about the top 100 kids obviously the three stars though like do you know any of the the three-star kids that kind of well arch I, mean, nine I, for you? I do like jason brown is a kid that people need to know more about it's not that he's a three-star he's from seattle we'll talk about yeah. him in a second Nick Marsh, not by everybody's standards, is a four-star, which is dumb. That's their own problem. The kid that's wow. intriguing to me, though, is Justin Denson. Okay. And yeah. it's because of where he's from. I mean, look, not everybody's going to be born and play in Texas 
right. California, <laughs> Florida, or whatever. But he's from freaking Rhode Island. There's not I've never heard of a scout in Rhode Island. So no. for him to be ranked even a three star is important. But with his I've seen his film. When you look at the kid, you're like, well, how would he do if he played in Houston? How would he do in New Orleans? How would he do in Atlanta, Detroit, something like that? And this is a kid I think that could. You, I mean, you'll never know, and that's why recruiting is fascinating. But he has a chance to play at any school in the country physically. Long corners are never out of stock. 6'2", 175, 180 pounds. That's the kid I'm most interested in. And he's he's gotten some really big offers. I'm curious what Michigan State can do with him because I don't care about his ranking. Sure, He's sure. in Rhode Island. Nobody's scouting Rhode Island. They're never scouting Rhode Island. They're not. Yeah. So good for Michigan State for doing their own homework, first off. That's the kid I want to learn about after he gets to East Lansing. You know, and, like, I'm taking something from our last conversation we had right before the week about Cameron Campbell. You know, this guy in Florida, which is a football-rich state, but it's still hard for scouts to get to. Not a lot of scouts get there. Like, if a city in Florida is hard to get to for some scouts – Road freaking island is is, is going to be very difficult to, yeah, yeah. to to get on there. So yeah, a lot a lot of parallels just between the two right there. Same position as well, but yeah, couldn't help but think about that. It's like wow, Rhode Island, good for you. And six people have seen you play. That's that's fascinating. So good luck to you, young man. Hopefully you come to Michigan State. But uh, we're gonna get more into the mix here. We got to talk Scooter Carry because uh, you have some knowledge to drop on us, or, or so I've been told. But first, need to talk everyone's ear off about fan duel sportsbook gang gang over the weekend the u.s open i had ricky fowler top five finish it was great it worked out for me and i placed that bet at fan duel no i also made a mistake i had ricky fowler to win on saturday night fan duel offered me 54 dollars on my five dollar bet to cash out and we did not take that. We let it ride. But hey, FanDuel offered. They were offering to put money in my account. And I still said, no thanks. That's all right. But hey, that's one of the many reasons that makes FanDuel great. The cash out options. The creative bets they offer. And for all sports across the land. And hey, if you're a new customer, it all gets sweeter because you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. I said it. $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and join today. Do not miss your chance to snag this no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. It's FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And let's get our guy, Brian Smith, back into the mix here. He goes by Scuda. We're talking about the four-star running back, Anthony Carey, down in your state, down in Florida. Now, he came out of a North Carolina official visit this weekend and told publications that he is down to Michigan State or North Carolina. So it is a two-horse race. Do you see Michigan State winning this one, or what have you got for us on Scooter Carry here? A little, a little of both in terms of like which way you could go. Okay, um, I've talked to him when he had North Carolina gloves on before. I've talked to him when he had a million. He's one of those kids that even his own teammates for months. And I used to go to buy his high school all the time because it's like 15 minutes where I lived. 
he isn't going to give out a lot. But I asked him the other day, and he told me his decision would be soon, which surprised me because I thought he was okay. going way down the road. So I think he's kind of tired of the process. It's, you know, the phone calls and everything. But North Carolina and Michigan State were the two I thought it was going to come down to, and it is. I have no idea which one it's going to be if you want that prediction. Gotcha. He, didn't, he didn't exactly <laughs> offer that to me either. So most kids want to do their own announcements. It is what it is. Uh, I have not talked to him specifically about UNC since he took the visit. I'm curious, though, because that program already has one Florida kid committed, Davion Gauze, out of Sean Mata Madonna. Maybe they get a second, maybe they don't. But uh, Michigan State's been the team that's had the most smoke with it. Yeah. So I hope to hear something in the next week about when his, his announcement date is. And really quick, too, another piece of recruiting news. Um, I, I didn't put this on our sheet, so I'm just going to add this. Nathan Roy. Top 200 offensive line recruit. He commits to Minnesota, which I got to imagine is one of the highest rated recruits in Minnesota program history. So good for them. Roll the vote, PJ Fleck over there. But uh, yeah, that's that hurts. But hey, DeAndre Carter, interior offensive lineman, is coming in this weekend. So that's some good news for Michigan State on the offensive line front. But is that like. Is that, is that devastating to miss out on, on Nathan Roy? Obviously, it's not great to miss out on a two, top 200 player, but like it seems like Michigan State. Offensive line recruiting has been healthy the last like year or two. I mean, fair fair statement, you think? I think Michigan State is okay at offensive line, and that's okay. a spot they the Midwest always has linemen. Now, this kid from Wisconsin that didn't have a Wisconsin team in his final three following his recruitment was fascinating. <laughs> they got hammered in state recruiting. Like their offensive line could yeah. recruit himself out of a wet paper sack. <laughs> but it's just true. I mean, he's terrible. He's a terrible guy. And it's just true, man. You, that's yeah, that's tough. Not, when you've got really good players at offensive line in the state of Wisconsin, how hard is it? They're over. Like, come on, bro. But anyway, that, that hurts, but that's not a spot I'm worried about. Sport. I'm worried about corner. I'm worried about receiver. I'm worried about safety. I'm worried about D-line. I'm worried about the spots that are harder to recruit. There's not as many kids in the state of Michigan as a general rule. And right now, like, they got the kid from Florida we talked about. They got Cam. Yep. He's a kid that can come in and play right away. They've got a few kids. Mr. Rhode Island. Don't don't count out Rhode Island. Don't you do it. Don't you do it, man. <laughs> no, powerhouse. Sleeping giant. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But, I mean, I mean he's, got, he's got some SEC, ACC offers, et cetera. He's yeah. a good player. They've done their due diligence. Andre Carter is the kid I'm interested in, though. His visit list is bizarre. Texas, Michigan State, Auburn. For an LA kid, I mean, sure. I mean, it okay. completely makes sense, right? I mean, that's what you thought. You know what I mean? Michigan State, Auburn, they no, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. Wow. But he's he's a kid who plays in modern day. It's one of the most tradition rich programs in all of high school football. They're always contention for a national top five finish. He's yeah. going to come in schooled wherever he goes. He's visiting state coming up. That's important. If you're going to make a splash with the, I mean, he could start at Michigan State. You know what I mean? Like, not yeah. many off freshman offensive linemen. That's it's usually not good, but he has the physical tools to at least do it. If he's in that conversation and he's pushing your depth chart, that's good. Really important. They get a, somebody that's a splash guy on the okay. offensive line. That's how I would look at it. And if he's visiting, hey, like David Stone, you got a shot. That's that's all you can ask for. So let's see how it goes with Carter. He's a big time player. I literally and figuratively, I'm looking at his metrics right now. Six foot four, three forty. Yeah, that's 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 gonna play early on in a career. Uh, especially hey, up here at Michigan State. That'd be nice. Uh 
Brett, before we let you go and enjoy shows that just aren't locked on Spartans here because we've been beating the brakes off you here in the last few days, got a loaded question for you on your way out the Uh-oh. door. Uh-oh. Let's ca- let's call it mid-July because Nick Marsh, I believe, commits July 9th, I want to say. It's a date in early July. When July, let's call it July 10th, rolls around, what would define success for Michigan State? Is it going to be a number of commits they have? Because right now they're sitting at five. Would it be like get two, four star? Like what would make a Michigan State fan smile in your opinion on July 10th, for example, once this official visit season is all said and done and we're looking at fall next on the, the roadmap? I actually have good news there because it's there's multiple positive answers here. Number one. Okay. They should get at least one or two more commitments just by default, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. the volume. If they don't, we might need to light a few candles. You know what I mean? Like it's if look if you're at five at July 10th, you and I are going to have a really nasty podcast. It's not going to be good. Born, <laughs> it will not be friendly. It it's will not, be, not be friendly. That's number one. Number two, I'm just going to throw this in as a bonus, and I told you this before the show. I, I give credit to Jim Harbaugh for what he's done at Michigan. He's done a really good job Sure. for all their success on the field. And they're having a pretty good class. They've missed out on quite a few kids and they're not trending in the right direction. Michigan state fans are just going to enjoy that. By the way, Aaron Childs, everybody had him going to Michigan. He committed to Florida this weekend. Enjoy that. So <laughs> he's a big time player. Uh, you have stole him out of Michigan's grasp. There's a little extra for you. And then finally, again, where do they sit with stone? Andre Carter, Anthony Scooter, Carey, Yep. We need to find out on a couple of these kids with visits. And then even though I know Carrie, I don't even know where he's going. He's a kid that keeps it pretty close to the, they need to hit on somebody big in some capacity. That would to me like say, Hey, we're trending in the right direction. It's not just, we've got a few three-star recruits and, you know, some linemen that you'd never heard of. They need a name recruit to commit in the next two to three weeks, which quite frankly, wouldn't be all that surprising. So which kids are going to be that that's why it's recruiting. That's why I follow it every day. I have yeah. no freaking idea. So <laughs> let's just wait and see. Let's just make it all those kids that we just named all, all the four stars and five stars. Why not? Let's, let's, let's just get nuts. Let's, let's make this July a movie here in East Lansing. But uh, Brian, hey, thank you so much for dropping by again, man. I mean, I didn't think there'd be much to talk about in three days that passed, but yeah, when David Stone locks something in, Scooter Carey announces this fi- final two schools and just this big weekend coming up for Michigan state. Had to drag the best back on here, and that is you, the recruiting expert of Lockdown. Thank you so much, Brian. Really appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Thank you again. Another huge thanks to our guy, Brian Smith, and also thank you to all the Lockdown listeners and viewers, not just for, you know, tuning in every single day, but uh, we like to do this Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sorry this is getting you to, to you a little late on Monday. My beautiful son gave me a cold for Father's Day. I tried to record yesterday and I couldn't make it five minutes without my voice absolutely leaving my soul. So thank you for being a little patient on this episode. All right, we're going to put a bow in this episode with two pieces of news. The first one, hey, if you thought we were done talking recruiting, we are not because out of California, Drew Wilson, that's right, Lawn Beach City College lawn snapper, He commits to Michigan State. That's right. We do it all here in Lockdown Spartans. We talk recruiting at every position, and that includes Lawn Snapper. Uh, He's coming here as a walk-on after a nice junior college uh, career over in California. Six foot three, 220 pounds. And look, maybe I wouldn't even bring this up if we all didn't just learn last year how important the Lawn Snapper position is. 
Once Hank Pepper was out for the rest of the season after the first five games with an injury, kind of saw throughout the rest of the year how important that lawn snapping position is, namely at the Michigan game. Uh, the best catches made by Spartans, or God, by either team in that game, were by Bryce Beringer. Bryce Beringer. Uh, so, yeah, uh, any any good lawn snapper news is good news here in East Lansing. Uh, the other tidbit that we saw, this was uh, before the weekend rolled around, but something I wanted to circle back to here. 24-7 Sports, they named their Defensive Player of the Year candidates for the Big Ten Conference. They had... Jerzon Newton, great defensive lineman out of Illinois. He is a uh, first-round uh, first mock grade in many mock NFL drafts. We also got Cooper DeJean out of Iowa, cornerback out of Iowa. Junior Colson, linebacker out of Michigan. And then Tommy Eichenberg, linebacker out of Ohio State. But wait, there's one more on the top five favorites to be defensive player of the year in the Big Ten, and it is your linebacker. Guess what linebacker? Guess. Cal Halliday. It is Cal Halliday makes the shortlist on 24-7 Sports. And that got me thinking, could that be possible? Like, is is that is that right? Uh, look, I mean, Cal Halliday, fine player. And maybe, after all, this could be the case because, hey, last year, Jack Campbell, he was the defensive player of the year. He was the only guy that beat Cal Halliday in total tackles. So, when all the voting goes in... You know, I, I know there's not a ton of Big Ten teams. There, there's only 14 to keep track of. But does every media member and every coach watch every single game? Maybe not. They just go to the stats. Bada boom, bada bing. Hey, was this guy a leader in tackles for loss like Aiden Hutchinson was a few years ago? Or is he a leader for sacks? Uh, or hey, is he just a leader in tackles? Cal Halliday could very well be on his way to another year with more than 100 tackles racked up. So just from a number standpoint, yes, but also just from a solid uh, level of play standpoint too. One of the best run-stopping linebackers in the Big Ten. You guys already know this. Whenever there's a run play, you could probably count on Cal Halliday's hat being at that ball. Uh, of course, a lot of competition too because there are other first-round uh, graded picks in the Big Ten. JT Tuimolao. Oh, God, I'm going to screw this up. JT Tuimolao out of Ohio State. Michael Hall out of Ohio State. Chop Robinson. I'm not going to screw that name up. Out of Penn State. And then Denzel Burke are all mocked in the first round. Uh, no Spartan has won Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten since 2009. That would be who? Greg Jones doing that. That's right. Uh, kind of like Cal Halliday, just a master in stopping the run with tackles. Yes, a little on the undersized uh, portion of the roster, but, I mean, hey, just like any good cliche, what he lacks in size, he makes up with in heart and toughness. So could it be another 2009 Greg Jones year for Cal Halliday? It very well could be, but I got to say, and look, Love Cal Halliday. Like, I'm not trying to take anything away from Cal Halliday right now. I was surprised, though, that Jacoby Winman wasn't named on here uh, as, you know, a top five guy to win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, if you're going to take a guy from Michigan State, I would go with Jacoby Winman. And Pro Football Focus just named Jacoby Winman the sixth best uh, edge rusher returning to the Big Ten next year, which is awesome. All right, top ten guy at edge rusher. Except one problem, um, and it's a good problem for Michigan State. He doesn't even play that position. He's not going to be playing the edge like he was in the first half of last year going into next year. He's going back to that linebacker position that he did play at UNLV before he transferred to Michigan State and this uh, the position that he ended last season on. We know how athletic, athletically gifted Jacoby Winman is. Um, God, it's going to be a great two-horse race between Kyle Halliday and Jacoby Winman 
to see who racks up more tackles and has a bigger impact on the game. If Jacoby Winman can once again have a season where he's how many fumbles did he force last year? Like five, six forced fumbles last year. I mean, led the nation in that metric. I mean, yeah, he is a game wrecker. And somehow, some way, despite winning defensive Big Ten or Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week three times, I believe it was last year. I still think he's flying under the radar going into this season. Like, yes, he did miss the last four games due to suspension last year. He, he didn't get shipped off to the Galapagos to go live over there for the rest of his life. I, I feel like he's oddly forgotten about. And please let me know if I'm just in my own little vacuum right here, if I'm going crazy, because, yeah, I, I just feel like when outsiders, of course, like uh, Michigan State fans, you know, I think we don't forget who Jacoby Winman is, but like when other people talk about MSU's defense, I feel like Jacoby Winman is almost never brought up. And that's odd. So, uh, 24-7 Sports didn't post anything, at least that I saw, for uh, Offensive Player of the Year candidates in the Big Ten. And to put it bluntly, I don't think Michigan State would have had any of the five uh, guys that 24-7 Sports would have named on there, per se. Uh, there are a lot of question marks on this offense. Now, one player that I could see, you know, popping up, maybe a late run in the season. Late run, no pun intended. Nathan Carter, uh, from, again, you guys have heard me say this, from everything that we've heard out of the football building, he is uh, him, as the kids call it. He's a powerful running back, absolutely chiseled. He has negative body fat on his body, great at absorbing contact, but also breaking through it, catches the ball out of the backfield. It's going to be a stark difference from last year's run game to next year's run game. So, yeah, maybe Nathan Carter gets some votes late in the season for Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. But, again, that's also an award. That's typically just designated for whoever the Ohio State quarterback is or the Penn State running back. I mean, they've been kind of sharing that award amongst those two programs for God, the last handful of years now. So there you have it. Just uh, wanted to riff about Cal Halliday, Jacoby Wynn for a little bit. If you guys think that there's another player that I'm missing uh, for Defensive Player of the Year honors from our Spartans, like Simeon Barrow, of course, he is a game destroyer. He is going to be one of the best, if not the best player on Michigan State's defense, but it's just very hard for an interior lineman to win an award like this. I mean, they usually don't have the flashiest stats or everything. They're, you know, absorbing two blocks at a time or, you know, getting the offensive line off time for their zone run or what have you. Nothing that really goes into box score. So, again, it's those odd circumstances that, yeah, the best guy on the defense might not even win the award. But, yeah, hey, if anyone else sticks out to you, if you're feeling that Darius Snow going to have a big comeback comment below or reach out to us locked on spartans at gmail.com if you have any questions gang locked on spartans at gmail.com you guys are all the best now go enjoy the rest of your day love you all go green